Hello and welcome to Never Ending Stories, a podcast about Bob Dylan and the Never Ending Tour. I'm Ian. I'm Evan. And I'm Steve. And we're coming to you today with this special bonus emergency episode, not about the Never Ending Tour, but about the Rough and Rowdy Ways Tour taking place right this very moment in Japan. Bob Dylan and band running up and down the island, Osaka, Tokyo, and wrapping up here in Nagoya over these next couple nights. The band is Bob Dylan on vocals, piano, and harp, Bob Britt on the guitar, Doug Lancio also on the guitar, Donnie Heron on the violin, the electric mandolin, the pedal steel, and the lap steel, new drummer Jerry Pentecost behind the kit, and as we always say around these parts, Tony Garnier on the bass. Gentlemen, there's an awful lot to touch on about these incredible shows coming out of Japan. Don't know that we're going to be able to hit on all of it, but what do you got? I mean, I feel like the headline for this tour are like the Grateful Dead covers. The Dead stuff, absolutely. Because he's doing essentially the same set list that he's been doing throughout the Rough and Rowdy Ways tour so far. Although he is, again, toying with the arrangements in a really interesting way, and we should talk about that uh, here in a minute. But, you know, he did truck in a pretty straightforward version of that. He did Broke Down Palace, which I'm really curious to hear what you guys think of that about his version of that, because it's totally a, this is, this could be brilliant or this could be horrible. <laughs> and maybe it's both things at the same time. And then he also did Not Fade Away, which is a song that Dylan has done many times in his career. But I think the version that he did that's on the April uh, 15th show, it reminds me a lot of like the dead version. So good. Of that. Like very drum heavy. It, I don't know. It, Many people have covered that song. It's a Buddy Holly song from the late fifties, but like you know, like the Stones did it, and then the the Dead did it. Dylan has done it. There's that story about Dylan seeing Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly, yeah, that right, that's right to mind because but... it's like, but is he covering Buddy Holly's version or is he covering the Dead? Because he's been doing the string of Dead things, but that has double provenance for Bob to cover. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's probably away. aware of of both of them, obviously, yeah. and trying to credit both of them. Like, like to me, like his, like the version he played on the April fifteenth show, it, it reminded me of the Dead version, and I just feel like Bob maybe loaded up some dicks picks on his. Uh, I, I'm talking about the Grateful Dead live series, of course. Loaded up some dicks picks on his iPhone, maybe dicks picks eleven like early 70s dead it just got him in this mindset of like i'm gonna play working men's dead in american beauty era dead stuff i'm gonna drop that in uh into my shows which of course i love um can i just say like okay did you guys listen to the broke down palace i've i've seen people talk about this online I've seen people shit on this version. I, I'm going to put myself out there and say that I really like Bob's version of Broke Down Palace. Mm. Even though it sounds like a rehearsal, and even though it it seems like he doesn't know all the words. He doesn't seem to have it under his belt as much as Truck In or Not Fade Away. That's for sure. Right. But 
it also has a uh, a resonance for me when I listen to it. I, mm-hmm. I it works for me, and maybe I'm just a Bob Dylan apologist, but I like <laughs> the Broke Down Palace. the april 14th show that he played yeah at. he's done it a couple times and and there was one where he like actually just aborted it i think like 90 seconds in um and the that's four, right the, the the april 14th show i think he, he basically got to the end although even at the end of this one he sort of made some sort of self-effacing comment about like everyone knows that song or something no he says um, something like i think he says and I, I don't know if i'm mishearing it but it sounds like he says like didn't we know that song and then that, they go into uh, melancholy mood. Melancholy mood, yeah. Yeah, yeah after that. It's a little tricky to, to grok everything that he's saying. Um, but it is an interesting pick, I think, because... Well, I mean, I guess... I guess it is an interesting pick in some ways, and it's also maybe the least interesting pick to me, uh, just based on the fact that, it, like, of these dead covers that he's doing now, um, it sounds the closest, or at least this interpretation of it, sounds the closest to the rough and rowdy material and you know kind of the band uh the sound that they're doing versus like trucking and not fade away sound like a completely different band and a completely different kind of energy when they come on here towards the end um in a really interesting and and thrilling kind of way to my ears uh but they they just really kind of are unexpected choices to me uh to fit in with the rest you know the rest of this sonic palette that he's uh conjuring in the rest of the show obviously with the big dramatic red curtain everyone's in black he's far back from the stage it's this smoky you know kind of lynchian roadhouse sort of thing and uh and then like truck in or not fade away come along and it's just like it's just like a big old you know sing along everyone's having a good time rock show um which i i love getting a little peek into that because that's not something that that is something that bob has done you know often throughout his career obviously but these these latest run of shows that has not been the overwhelming mood i think Street. She got to be over the bump of the sea street. The 
that's the change, the, the big change, I think, that we're seeing with the evolution continually of the Rough and Rowdy Ways tour is that it's becoming a little bit less of a uh, museum piece, like an exhibition that's touring. It's now starting to really develop its own history. And with that, a level of comfort and experimentation that we know from from the Never Ending tour. And we're starting to see these songs become more malleable and the context change. And it's very beautiful to, to notice the level of comfort increasing with instances like this. Yeah, it definitely does seem like he's a little more confident up on stage and willing to, you know, uh, uh, play around with things based on the set list choices alone, if nothing else. Um, but, um, uh, you know, I think Jerry Pentecost on the drums in particular, we should shout out or at least mention because he's replaced Charlie Drayton, who was the original drummer on the first couple years of the Rough and Rowdy tour and was fantastic. I think when, when we saw him uh, uh, last year, or initially in 2021 even, like that was like the thing that I came away absolutely loving uh, most of all was just, you know, this incredibly light touch, like jazz drummer kind of shit um, from, uh, from Drayton on, on, the, uh, uh, on the Rough and Rowdy tracks. And Pentecost now on this leg of the tour, definitely more of a traditional kind of rock drummer sound. It's big, it's present, it's heavy, it's loud. Um, and at, at, when I first started listening to a couple of these, these bootlegs, I was like, this, this sounds weird to me. I, I don't know how I feel about it, but the more I've kind of heard, the more I'm just, the more I'm enjoying getting a different kind of flavor of these songs that he's played so many times, obviously over the last couple of years at this point. Yeah, and just a little background on Jerry Pentecost. He plays in the uh, Americana band Old Crow Medicine Show. Oh. And uh, one thing I'll say with that band is that they did a album-length cover of Blonde on Blonde that I actually like, like quite a bit. And I'm not often big on Bob Dylan covers, uh, but they did this sort of like bluegrassy Americana cover of like that album and actually like I think works pretty well and I just wonder to what degree that record put him into Bob Dylan's orbit they did the whole record they did the whole album and I think they recorded it live maybe at the Ryman it feels like it's recorded live um but it's like Quite a good record. And again, I, I tend to be pretty skeptical of like Bob Dylan covers, especially if it's like, oh, we're doing like a bluegrassy cover of Bob Dylan music. I'm like, okay, I don't know if that's really going to work for me. But that's quite a good record. I like that. And uh, Jerry Pentecost was obviously involved in that. And he gets brought into this record. It's interesting, like you were talking about him being this rock oriented drummer because. What's interesting to me about these early Japan shows is that a lot of the arrangements seem um, even loose by like rough and rowdy way standards. You know, like there's, uh, uh, you know, for instance, like most likely you'll go your way and I go mine, which mm. has been, a, again, a song that he's played quite a bit. Uh, he's played every show on, on this tour. That song and like I'll Be Your Baby Tonight being another example, I feel like both of those songs kind of start out in these sort of like floaty, almost jazzy yep. 
type vibes and then they snap into the versions that he's been playing on this tour but i don't know i feel like there's like a looseness so like a lot of these arrangements that I think is is pretty interesting. I mean, if if we were to follow our standard format for our, our episode, uh, for our episodes like where we talk about the Budokan moments, I think there's mm-hmm. like quite a few Budokan moments, even in the context of this tour. Mm-hmm. You say you love me, and you're thinking of me, but you know you you could be wrong. What's interesting to me about this tour is that he's doing this static set list, but he's been doing it so often now where if you're following the tour, just tracking the ways that he's subverting right. the songs within yeah. the set structure. From is night really to night. Inter- yeah, it's really interesting. Well, it's the only way to enjoy it, really, is you got to like know. Well, the only it- way, the, the, no- the normal way to enjoy it is to buy a ticket to one show and go see that one show okay, and you yeah, enjoy right, that one right. show and then but, you I don't mean, listen the, to any of the other shit. In the context of if you're, even if you are, uh, you know, you can't do the thing that a, a Dylan fan would typically do for the never ending tour, which is you do go from to show after show after show. And there are changes to the set list from show to show, um, which, you know, is just in, built in that you're going to get some surprises. I think it's really interesting f- the way that this tour being separate from the never ending tour um, has f- changed the way that, diehard fans listen to it um and i think it's actually really fascinating that it encourages um a subtler attention to detail and paying attention to the subtle ways he changes things and i think it's a real gamble or i mean it's just like a, a, a confidence move on his part that these songs contain enough within them are durable enough that the subtle changes from night to night are going to be rewarding and interesting to track. Yeah. It's a different, it's a different kind of thing, you know, uh, you know, previous eras of the tour, uh, you know, he's, he's changing the, the set list from night to night uh, and you're getting, you know, five, six, seven different songs on any given night. You know, there were typically tent poles that he was always going to play, uh, but switching things up more often, uh, 
that said, you know, you might you might still get a pretty similar arrangement, you know, uh, uh, on uh, whatever fucking song. What good am I um, when he plays it one night and then he brings it back four nights later or something uh, versus. Yeah. On on Rough and Rowdy here, uh, you know, these songs, the, the whole order of the set list even is just static. Like it is the same songs in the same slots night after night after night. Um, and uh, and yet. The change is in the way the music itself is presented with these players, which is um, is a really fascinating kind of thing to do. Because, uh, you know, obviously, most bands are just going to play the same set night after night. and The same way. The as same way, as, exactly. As, the, Not as close as they can. As, yeah. Exactly. Like, you, you, there's, I'm, I'm going to walk over here uh, when the guitar player is going to solo. Uh, and I'm going to clear out of the stage so he can do his thing for a minute. And then we're going to come back together at the center mic and we're going to sing the chorus together, leaning into the mic. And it's going to be a real rock and roll moment. And it's all kind of rehearsed and right down to the second. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's clearly not what's going no, on, I mean, for on example, stage at these shows. The uh, one that stuck out to me listening to some of this stuff uh, was uh, Key West. Oh, yeah. um, Key West, because the, that's the one he's been fucking with, you know, from the from the from the start. Yeah, it, that one has been um, tweaked and changed a lot. I will say though that the um, the version I think it was on the fifteenth uh, is so spare. I really liked that about it. Um, it. Do you know what I mean? Like that that version on the last night uh, in Tokyo was like stripped away from uh, there there was a version that sounded like the, the like wedding march or like graduate what's that song again here comes the bride not here comes the bride but you <laughs> know that like there was kind of a, the, yeah 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 and it kind of had some of this like chamber music quality and now it's so skeletal and the lyrics are still just so vast and and rich that like i don't know it really just puts a spotlight on like these songs as objects to be looked at in different light and that's so cool four times on this tour so far just the last year no six actually oh yeah you saw him twice in new york yeah and i really for a second was like 
I don't know. I have all these tickets. Like, I'm going to go to them. But I quickly realized that it, it does get more interesting the more I see them. It, it, and it, it also has to do with just, it's 2023 and Bob Dylan is playing. And That's right. that is more interesting than 2022 Bob Dylan playing just because it, I can't believe it. It's still he's playing. Happening. He's playing more shows than like fucking virtually any other working artist who is like a third of his age. Yeah, like the I'm, stakes keep rising and the changes keep feeling more meaningful because of that, especially when they're more playful in some way. I just feel so much rage right now because I have not seen any shows on the <laughs> Rough and Rowdy Ways tour. You've seen six. I could not believe it. I am so I'm so envious of, of both of you for that. Um Come back to America, Bob. Come on, you're an American artist. You got to play in America. <laughs> get out of Europe. Get out because you're going to be in Europe this summer. Come, come to the middle. Come to your home. I, I live in Minnesota. Come to Minnesota, Bob. Come home, Bob. Um, come home. But uh, no, I. What uh, Evan was saying, I, I, you're talking about Key West. Like for me, one of the standout performances of the early J- Japanese shows is. Uh, on April 11th, he does uh, the the version of a uh, Goodbye Jimmy Reed, mm. which you know, having listened to like the early shows, you know, you listen to the other versions, and yeah, they're different in small ways, but basically playing the same arrangement. April 11th, he like totally changes the song; he slows it down into this almost like time out of mind type dirge. And it's so great, and it's so heavy, and like I, I love the original version, and I like the other live versions, but like that in particular, it's just that thing with Bob Dylan, like where he can take a song that you already know and play it live, and you're like, wow, this is a song I liked, but like I love it now, and I really feel that about that April 11th version. I just feel like it's, it's. Not like a micro difference from the other versions from this tour. It's like decidedly its own thing. I know how to speak. Even after the same song, women in the churches, they're part of the Jews and the Catholics and the Muslims are afraid. I can tell a crowd in from far away. But Jimmy Reed, Jimmy Reed indeed.
I also have to say too, you know, he's been doing uh, "To Be Alone with You" on this tour. I feel like his performances of that song get deeper and weirder. Yeah, and like, and on the, <laughs> and on this run in particular, it's it's looser and like, look, I love the Nashville Skyline version, but it is kind of like a straightforward country homage and. I feel like there's a depth that he's found in this song that did not exist before. I I don't know. I I really <laughs> like these like this jazzier version that he's doing. It is very loose. It's like it's like floating. It's like it's like blowing through the air like a helium balloon. It's a it's song so that it's gone from a song that I always thought was nice and fun to like kind of profound like i never would have described to be alone with you as profound <laughs> but i feel like this is like kind of profound and beautiful my, my immortal bliss immortal is to, bliss be, alone is to be alone with you yeah, yeah. leaning what a great on the, the lines like that there is, and it's not you're not wrong i i mean i think that that is the thing about everything that happens up on these stages uh with the rough and rowdy ways tour is that He's very aware, I think, of the situation, of his age, of everything about what's happening, about how it's increasingly improbable that he's there doing it. And that just suffuses these songs, which the lightweight ones, like that one, you know, uh, that I think for the beginning of the tour, it seemed like they those songs were there to soften uh the edges of uh you know black rider and uh mother of muses these deeper more like set piece profound songs and now they're all kind of finding their deep set piece nature uh sometimes songs you don't expect are the ones that move you um in any given one of these uh rough and rowdy shows Mother of Muses is a song that I've said, I think, every time we talk about Rough and Rowdy shows, uh, has become... I just didn't get it until I saw him do it live. And I think it it has stayed that way. And even just listening to it on these recordings, it it stayed uh, like at this really high stature. yeah, I mean, I really do think that, in, you know, in the it already is kind of legendary what he's doing with this whole thing. But in the future, just this run of shows is really going to be looked at as like one of the absolute, you know, highest high point peaks in his entire career as a live performing artist because of the conditions that he's doing this in, the condition that he's in, the fact that he's going to be 82 years old in, in a month at this point. Um, and, uh, uh, the willingness to just drill as far down, as deep down into each one of these individual tracks and ring as much, just suck the marrow out of every single one, um, uh, uh, night after night. It's, 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 it's astonishing. Um, uh, and, and yeah, you're totally right, Evan. I, I think that the, the non rough and rowdy songs, which did seem initially to be these sort of palate cleansers in between the, the heavier material, uh, are now even taking on lives of their own uh, in these sets. Uh, Serve Somebody uh, is a great example, I think. Um, on this tour, you know, in, in the, the 21 and 22 versions, it's this really big, loud kind of rave up, 
um, uh, uh, rock and roll like guitar showcase, um, and that's really fun uh, what they turned what they turned it into in those. But here, it's it's now it's it's kind of it's it's cooled off. He's he's kind of thrown a blanket over it. He's he's toned it down, and it still has that you know a little bit of that rhythm and and the melody. But it's a much um, it's a much you know kind of uh, cooler, bluer feeling. Um, and, uh, and it just makes for another just fascinating, vital listen, even after this many shows, uh, you know, on this, uh, on this version. Too, we have to shout out every grain of sand. You know, the traditional. Well, I was uh, just no, about to say that every grain so, of sand and serve somebody are like two sides of the coin. It's kind of seeming. Like, well, I and think I, they have yeah, this relationship. I, yeah, totally. And I think with every grain of sand, the harmonica solos that he's been doing on this tour are incredible. Like, you know, another example of him taking this structure that he's built and finding a way to subvert it within the architecture of, of, of this set. It is interesting that Dylan is in this period where, you know, like on our show, we always, I think we gravitate to uh never ending tour shows, like where it's an interesting set list, you know, and, and for a long time, Dylan was, uh, uh, you know, celebrated for never playing the same set list you know, from night to night, like on the never ending tour anyway, playing different set lists every night and playing a wide range of songs. And as he's gotten older, you know, he, on the Struff and Roddy Waste tour, he's doing the same set list. Of course, he had the Shadow Kingdom uh, show, which is a very kind of structured thing. Almost like, I almost like want to liken that to like, like that's his Springsteen on Broadway in a way, you know. Sure. Like where it, it feels almost like a stage show, even or 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 like a small film or whatever. And there's an element of that also in this rough and ready waste thing, like where he's doing the same songs, but instead of saying like I'm going to do a different set list every night, I'm going to do the same set list, but I'm going to do these songs in a different way, and that's right. how I'm going to express myself. And it's 
really fascinating to to witness and you know with every grain of sand at the end of every night just hearing what he does on the harmonica solo and how that changes the vibe of that song uh from night to night is really great i do wonder like you know when he announced this tour he was like rough and rowdy ways tour 20 2021 to 2024 is he just gonna do the set list the entire run or are think- we like, is he eventually going to change it up? I, and I, and obviously, I don't know the answer to that. I, I would assume he will change it up at some point, but who knows? I don't. I mean, so remember at the beginning of the tour, it was different. There, there were there were other songs that he was playing the first couple shows. That whole first twenty one leg he did early Roman Kings. He did new Rubicon, uh, and the first couple shows, like the very first two three nights, I think he did Simple Twist of Fate. Um, uh, I think he did Love Sick one night also. Um, there were like three or four other tracks that, um, you know, ended up getting dropped. Uh, but I think at this point, honestly, I, I, it seems to me like he's locked in, uh, on, on this being the corpus. Like this is it, cause it is like very significant that it is billed as the Rough and Rowdy Ways tour in a way that no other tour has had a name to it. Um, it's the uh, album. It's just to show the album. It's to perform the album it's, yeah, it's first just, and foremost. It's this, but like this know. set list is different from the album. I feel like it's almost like a theatrical presentation in a way. Sure, yeah, it's, a, it's a definitely a curated. I mean, I think that there's the stage it's a adaptation of the record, Rough and Rowdy Ways. When we were talking about Bruce, like and his the difference between Bruce and Bob and their set list, like Bob's approach is extremely subtle. But I think there is a theatricality to it that is thoughtful and intentional. Whereas Bruce will just be like, "We're gonna close with Badlands." And well, see, actually, <laughs> this is more of like a Bruce set list, though, because like the Bruce tour that he's doing right now is like a pretty set set list, and it has a narrative to it. Like, but the from Bruce night to night. The Bruce arrangements so, aren't being changed from night to night the way no, that Bob's doing. That's it, right? different. But I'm just, but I, you know, because like the. I do wonder if the we narrative, should be thinking though. about this set list as like a theatrical presentation, like where right. it's not just about the record; it is about expressing something about Bob Dylan right now. Like, well, I, th- I think like, it like, is. Like, like like this combination of songs, because it's not just rough and rowdy way songs. You know, he's bringing in, um, you know, again, like a song like "Every Grain of Sand" or. or uh, uh, got to serve somebody like how do they serve the narrative or again like i'll bring back like to be alone with you to me like transforming this lightweight song into like a heavy statement of where he's at right now i think is like a pretty profound thing you know yeah uh, so it, it's really fascinating to see how he's doing that well the the difference is that i think it's a poetic thing it's like a poetic structure rather than a narrative structure i think that they're kind of like the songs mean things that like kind of work together and say something about him but maybe bruce is a little bit more thinking about like how it flows as like a story which is really how bruce always does things is he's a storytelling artist and and bob is more poetic I mean, they're both addressing mortality on some level. You know? Definitely. And, and yeah, I, certainly I think Bruce is probably doing it in a more literal way, whereas Bob is, yeah, I think you're right. Like, it's more of a poetic approach to talking about that. But um, I mean, just think about how fucking, like, 
like cosmically funny it is for him to be playing when I paint my masterpiece in the set list. As when if, I as, finally do it. Exactly. He's 82 years old and he's playing this night after night when I paint my master. What someday in the future. I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to paint my ma- like I just it's such a great punchline uh the inclusion of that song uh uh uh, uh just playing that song alone. Um, and yeah, I think I'll be, I'll be your baby tonight, um, showing up here night after night kind of rhymes with, uh, I've made up my mind to give myself to you, right? These two songs that are both about just like, you know, it's me and you and it's, it's us together either just this one night or until the very end, you know, the night of the life basically. Um, but, uh, the way they, they kind of both appear and refract against one another, I think is a really profound, um, way to to sequence a set list uh, as steven as the as the resident dead expert the the grateful dead podcaster of the show just what to you what is the significance of him like because he's really only doing dead songs that, like that's it besides like melancholy mood and that old black magic which are bob songs as much as anything else at this point the, the significance of him like exclusively narrowing in on doing dead covers at this point what does that mean to you? I was going to say that him playing dead covers, it, it contradicts what we've been saying in terms of him creating this framework that he's going to be expressing himself uh, on this tour, you know, because again, we don't know what he's going to be doing. That's the great thing about Bob Dylan. He could throw this set list out tomorrow and, and just do under, you know, the red sky songs. Oh, uh, I'd love that. Be amazing. <laughs> handy you know, dandy. And, and you know, I, with, with Dylan, you know, Dylan, I'll just always want to read something into what he's doing and create this sort of like greater meaning of like, okay, why is he doing these dead songs? Well, is he ruminating on Jerry Garcia because Jerry Garcia died young and he, is he thinking about his own mortality in the, in the context of his friend dying in his early fifties and, you know, Jerry Garcia died like 30 years ago almost. And maybe Bob, you you could go down the the rabbit hole with that. Mm -hmm. And I joked about this earlier that, you know, maybe Bob just had a bunch of Dick's Picks albums on his phone <laughs> and was listening. And he's like, God damn, these are great songs. I want to play them live. I mean, to me, that's as credible as anything else. You sure. know, that he, that he's just like, you know what? Maybe he watched Long Strange Trip on on Amazon. And he was like, I listened to 36 from the vault. Yeah. He listened from 36 <laughs> from the vault. You know, that to me, I with, with Dylan, I always kind of fall back on this idea that he's way more normal than people want to give him credit for. Mm-hmm. You know, we always like want to ascribe these like mystical, uh, uh, you know, motivations or these poetic type things. And maybe he's just a guy who's like, God damn, the dead is great. I want to play Truckin', a bunch of yeah. dead song. Trucking is a great song. <laughs> it's pretty so, good. So, you know, I would never presume to know like why Dylan does anything that he does, but, uh, I, th- I think ultimately he's in a he he follows his gut. You know, he seems like an instinctual artist. Sure, and uh, you know, which is why again, it's so it's a fool's game for us to predict like what he will do on this tour. You know, uh, he'll do this this set list for as long as it feels right to him, and then he'll do something else. And we, we have no way of knowing what that will be, and that's why we love him. You know, that's right. like, yeah. like, like, like he could do this 
until 2024. And it would be interesting. And, you know, he may very well do that, but we have no idea. Bob Dylan is just getting started. And to go back, you know, when we were talking about the Broke Down Palace, I'm so glad that he did that. I'm so glad that he played <laughs> that song, even if he didn't really know the song. Had he has he done Broke Down Palace? Because I know he's done no. Not Fade Away, and I think he's done Trucking at least a couple. So this is totally brand no, new. No, he never did. No, I don't think he ever did Trucking. Did think, he not do Trucking? I thought no. he did. Okay, he's done like Front of the Devil. Yeah, he did Front of the before. Devil a bunch last year. He did um, Samson and Delilah, which is like not a dead song, but like I, you know, it's popularized by the dead, and he did it in like in their style. Um, I was talking with my friend Rob Mitchum from 36 from the Vault, and we were like, is Truckin' the first um, Bob song that Dylan has done? Because he mm. typically does Jerry Garcia stuff, like West L.A. Fade Away or Alabama Getaway, like stuff like that. Is Those are Jerry songs. They're not sure. Bob Weir songs. Uh, so, And I was like, well, Samson and Delilah is technically a Bob song in the Grateful Dead universe, even though he didn't write that song. Um, so yeah, in, in terms of like Grateful Deadology, it's significant that now Bob Dylan is doing Bob Weir songs. And of course, we haven't mentioned the philosophy of modern song, you know, which Truckin' is written about. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of, yeah. In that <laughs> he, calls, he calls them a dance band. And the Dead are a dance <laughs> band, absolutely. That's definitely how they started. And like, you know, they still... They're a dance band. Absolutely. Well, um, it's truly just a, a an incredible thing to see the man, to hear the man get up on stage night after night in all corners of this fucking planet at this point, it should be noted, and uh, put these shows together and find new ways to get closer, further down the line towards whatever it is that he's after. Writing a masterpiece, be. finally. One day. Exactly, one day. Uh, and he's going to be off to fucking the Iberian Peninsula in in two months and uh, spend a month running around Spain and Portugal. And I think he's going to get over to, to Rome. So maybe he'll, uh, maybe he will finally uh, write his masterpiece there uh, along the streets of Rome, which are filled with rubble. Um, and we'll be following along with him every step of the way. This episode is out for free, celebrating Bob Dylan and this era of the Rough and Rowdy tour. If you like what you hear, subscribe to NeverEnding Stories on Patreon, where you can hear us prattle on about different Bob Dylan live shows from different years uh, every other week with bonus episodes and newsletters in between. It's, uh, it's pretty good stuff, folks. Until next time, don't you dare miss it. of adultance and the leaves of yesteryear the criminals they have took the breath the conscience and the cheer the sun be down upon the steps of time to light the way to ease the pain of idleness and the memory of decay Patience and 
Every time I pass that way I always hear my day Onward on my journey I come and understand And every hair is numbered Just like every grade Just like every spell will fall in Just like every grave 